Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Check your watches. It's 8 a.m. Are you on your way to work yet? Because if so, you should be tuning into the show because we have Brian Christofferson on now. Brian is the senior writer for Husker 24-7, and we always appreciate his call on Wednesday. Brian, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, BC. Did you uh, have you allowed yourself to kind of soak up the fact that the you're you're t- <laughs> that the twins could be pretty good if they stay. I know healthy. They're one of my teams to watch because I, I like what they kind of tried to do in the off season. What do you think? Are you going there, or are you like, eh, this isn't ninety one? Um, I'm, I'm tilting toward optimism right now. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa failed enough physicals to get back to us and that helped, <laughs> but, uh, the twins have a, actually have a deeper rotation than they usually do. Yeah. So, uh, for those who are doing their over under bets, uh, factor that in. I, I think they could be, uh, mid, mid eighties win late or high eighties win type of team, but, uh, maybe that's being a little too bold. I don't know. Hey, Brian, keep it with baseball here just real fast. Uh, Based on everything that you've been seeing within the MLB and the rule changes for 2023, uh, what what are you in favor of and uh, what what maybe annoys you about some of the changes? You know what? I just got to be honest about it. I haven't followed everything very closely so well like i i am a guy uh i think damon knows this i have like the the mlb package and so i will watch my twins pretty loyally i'll probably <laughs> watch 120 125 games yeah but during the off season i have to say i i do know some of the moves the twins have made but i i turn off a lot of the other noise about it and that's probably not being a good fan or whatever so i don't know all the specifics of of what they've done or what they haven't done the thing that you know, I know they want to play quicker right. and all that, but good luck is what I would say to that. Good luck. I just I just think baseball has worked itself to a pace where games are going to be three hours plus. It's not going to be a game that um, everyone runs to watch on their television set. Um, it's just not going to be, but it is still going to be that game where people love to go to the ballpark and get up three or four times and go to the concession stand and come back and, and uh, a social sport. And that there, I, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, I think I love watching baseball on TV far more uh, than the general public, which is going to be you. hard to get back like they used to have. It's I, just going to be hard. Well, I, you'll I, shave. I, can't, I can't wait to see a pitcher have to – 
Address the plate under 20 seconds with <laughs> the runner on scoring. You shave 20 minutes. This is great, right? <laughs> with a runner on base and, and a limited number of throwover attempts to first base. I still think it's funny. Okay. BC, I think it was Alex Cora. Was it Cora that said the enlarged bases look like pizza boxes? Because <laughs> the bases are <laughs> man, they're, they're a little big. I was looking for a pizza box, Jeff, and I, I couldn't find it, man. I just... I think it's fascinating. Of all the rules, no shifts. I mean, how do you feel about no shifts, BC? Okay. I um, I was starting to grow on the shifts. I was starting to, you know, feel like, hey, it's, it's part of strategy. You got nine guys, position them wherever you want to position them. You know, if you want to put uh, seven guys right of second base and that knock yourself out, um, you know, so I some hitters are going to love it. We're going to see some guys who couldn't hit against the shift who all of a sudden are, you know, batting 290 again. Um, so that'll be kind of funny to watch. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see those rules you suggested, how they really take and how they're uh, enforced and if they actually work as they hope they do. And I am looking forward to the pizza boxes too. <laughs> so you guys clued me in. Because I wasn't paying attention to any of this stuff, so I didn't. So I was just going to turn it on on opening day, and and I'd see these and just be surprised as the bases. Yeah, and it would have been a nice little surprise for me. What's Domino's doing out there? Yeah, I'm just telling you, BC. Without any shifts, man, Polanco's going to hit like 308 for you. I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. There you but. go. We'll take it. Then. <laughs> you know, that's that's a separate conversation that we'll get into. But let, let's take advantage of of BC now, because all we're doing now is just is just talking baseball when he's so much broader and and other and we other won't, areas. We won't we won't pigeonhole you, BC. Hey, Sorry about you know, that. You know, no sticking sticking with maybe shaving down on things. Um, Nebraska is in the process of shaving down walk-ons for the future, and it was something that. You know, was I heard Mitch Sherman say this yesterday, romanticized, which I thought was kind of like a a, a good term to wax, use we for wax, that. We like to wax poetic, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, he he the the love and the affection for the walk-ons way back when because you got a lot of use out of them, right? It it worked, it worked, it worked. But nowadays, they aren't seeing like a lot of that panning out you get one or two here or there but is it worth 40 or 50 what do you think what are your thoughts on 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 them shaving it down to a point to get it to where they want it to be i'm fine with it um you got to run your roster the way you see fit as a head coach and i have always thought like having 150 guys over there um well i respect the effort I thought, man, is that tough to manage or what? Like, how do you – I mean, I know uh, some of those guys have to just be standing around even if you do run multiple stations. There's no way around it. There's just so many bodies. Um, so I understand if you're like, let's let's knock this down to like 110, 115, something like that. Um, you know, and a, another thing about it is with the FCS programs – uh, growing the way they have over the last couple of decades. Some of those walk-ons have ended up at South Dakota State, North Dakota State, more than they were in the early 90s, 80s, I think. And so that's changed the game, too. Uh, the way Wyoming and some of those neighboring programs have recruited, I think that's changed the game with some walk-ons. Uh, so I'm okay if, if they knock it down and because I think um, – 
a lot of those guys are getting lost. And that your guys like Luke Reimer, who did technically arrive as a walk-on, um, those few exceptions, I think, can still exist. Like, there's still going to be those preferred walk-on types or just be more limited in number uh, who you're like, oh, man, that guy should have had a scholarship all along. So I, I still think there'll be some fun stories. Um, romanticize is a good word about it. That's something we probably have done with it, and I've done it at times because everyone loves that story of the guy who, uh, you know, came especially if it's from some small town school and he, he works for three years and he, he builds himself up into the roster. And I hope a few of those stories still exist, but um, I can see where you want to get that number to something that's more manageable. BC, and I know this is this is taboo because you kind of have to reference the 80s or the 90s, maybe for a frame of reference, but what do you think Nebraska fans would be willing to negotiate or compromise with, or maybe even give up for the sake of winning? Uh, well, stuff like that. I mean, like the <laughs> is one example. You know, I, I do think it's one. There are these there are these little subtopics where we like to enjoy them in the off season, and uh, you like to say, yeah. I, it's pretty cool that there's 145 guys and all these different towns are represented. But at the end of the day, when it gets to the season, it's like, what did you do on Saturday? So there are all these little subtopics that um, we sometimes bust out that are fun. Uh, but are you winning? That's what really matters. And I'm trying to think of a few other ones um, offhand, off the cuff. Uh, but they, they definitely do pop up on occasion I, where there's something that's sort of very Nebraska-specific that we get fired up about, um, you know. What about letting I, guys – what, what about running guys off, like not letting guys finish graduating or medical – remember medical and guys used to be like, well, quote-unquote, medical. Uh, you think we're okay, we're cool now with figuring out ways to not honor scholarships? even though you're supposed to. <laughs> right. Um, I think there's an understanding that you have to be a bit cutthroat. And I don't think we like to talk about it out loud around mm. here very much. It's not a very Midwest nice thing, but I think it's understood in the back of people's minds that exist. And, you know, what? what's going on over there right now, I truly believe they are setting a particular standard in place through their workouts, and it's going to continue into the spring. And um, some people just aren't, it's not going to be their deal. You know, it's not going to be something where they feel like they want to be a part of it or they want to go somewhere else. And I think that's, that's what this is all about right now is, is you figure out these are the guys that uh, see that standard and it kind of fits what they want. And there are others who it won't. And that doesn't make, mean those guys are soft or anything like that. I'm not saying that. It's just like everybody, everybody sort of got their vision of what it's supposed to look like and, certain players are going to see after the spring this isn't for me so i think those numbers in a way might take care of themselves by the end of it you know as we look forward to past 2023 the 2024 recruiting cycle has um hit the ground running or at least matt rule and his staff have hit the ground running there uh, and had already done that even when they were recruiting the 2023 guys but as you as you kind of 
followed or, or finished up that point. I, I wanted to gauge your thoughts on this in regards to what they're trying to do. Have you seen them kind of stick to the same routine in regards to who they're bringing in for 2024 and who they're offering as they did for 2023? Well, I think you're going to see some big-time uh, recruiting showdowns in this cycle. I know we had fun sort of in December and January with, like, your Bryce Turners, your Jeremiah Charles stories, the guys who kind of popped up out of nowhere. But that m- late March weekend is going to be something serious with Dylan Riola, um Gatlin Bear is going to be here. Mario Buford, Thomas Heiberger, uh, Peyton Lewis, a running back who's got a lot of attention late. That weekend is going to be loaded, and there's going to be guys here who Nebraska's going against elite schools to get. So I, I think that's setting setting it up for what we're going to see this cycle more and more. Is Nebraska's going to be in some big collisions with some programs that are uh, very highly respected. So it's going to be pretty interesting. BC, is is quarterback, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with, with competition, and you wanted it, I know last week you wanted competition at all spots, including quarterback. You didn't really want any complacency, and I understand that. But how much does wants versus needs factor when you're looking at maybe stockpiling a depth chart on quarterbacks when we know that those guys don't stick around? Is it worth just going through however long it'll take till somebody decides this place isn't for them to roll the dice on trying to stockpile a quarterback room? Well, I think with that you have to have some hard conversations with some guys. And um, at the end of spring, if it's looking like, hey, you're maybe fifth or sixth, you just have to say that out loud, and they have to kind of look at it and sit. And I, I do think there comes that point where a guy has to say, it's going to be really tough for me to get on the field at this spot. And so at QB, yeah, the numbers are pretty loaded up right now. You kind of think, how can that stay as it is? And so I think it just has to be a candid deal where you say exactly what you're thinking uh, by the end of the spring, and the player has to have an understanding that, yeah, this has been a fair process. They've given me a shot, but it's going to be difficult. And um, I, 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 I mean, you have to, as a coach, just be straightforward with guys and trust that they're going to get the message, I think, on, on some of those deals. Hey, keeping it with quarterbacks and uh, Dylan Rayola in 2024, Todd Munkin on the move yesterday, Mm. uh, OC over at Georgia, who was a big piece of Rayola's recruitment. Not to say Kirby Smart hasn't been heavily involved either, but how do you think that impacts Rayola's recruitment for Georgia, and do you think it gives Nebraska an extra leg up now because he left, or are they still pretty balanced between USC, Georgia, Nebraska, Oregon, whoever else is in that mix? I think who uh, George is bringing in uh, still connects with the Ryola family. I don't think that's going to be a big factor as far as dismissing George. I really don't. Um, Steve Wiltfong, our national reporter, had a story about it the other day yeah. uh, that suggested the Ryolas are still very tight with, with George's staff and what they're doing there. 
So I don't think that particular move is going to shake it up and say, okay, that takes Georgia down 5 to 10 percentage points or something like that. I am still in that camp. I know my colleague uh, Schaefer put out a crystal ball for Nebraska, and that got uh, some attention. Yeah. I, I agree with what he put right now. I, I favor Nebraska at this moment, um, but I think, you know, it's still – you got to – you got to keep doing your work on that one. It's recruiting, and that's you know he's going to take his his visits in March, and and Georgia is supposed to be one of them. That's the two time defending national champion, and I know Georgia has a quarterback already committed in that class, but they have said they are going to take two probably. Um, now I don't know what the Rialas specifically think about all that, and if they like that or not, but I sense that's a competitive family where that's not going to necessarily. Um, make them think, well, I don't want to take on that challenge. So, so I, I, I still view it as Nebraska, Georgia, USC, and right now from just reading tea leaves, little things you hear, I like where Nebraska sits, but you can't be complacent and you got to keep uh, that relationship rolling the way it has been. But uh, the thing people got to know is, um, yes, there's the family tied in Nebraska, and, and that means it's share. Uh, but it's the way rule and staff have specifically, I think, connected with that family, uh, been able to tell their vision and uh, who they're about that I think has Nebraska where it is right now. I, I don't think we should lose sight of that and act like it's just a family tied to Nebraska thing. I, it's a family tied to a coaching staff thing, I think, and, and believing in what they're telling them. I'm sure that other coaches um, in contention, though, can convey that same message. But the one thing that Nebraska doesn't have going for them that Georgia and USC do is being in contention every year for a national championship. So how does Nebraska further convey that message? Well, I think if you're, if you're Matt Rule, you say – Hey, look Look at what we did at Baylor. I arrived there when there was uh, 45 scholarship guys, and within three years we were winning 11 games and we were in the hunt. And that can happen in college football. You can, you can flip things um, pretty quickly if you have all your, your uh, ducks in a row, and Nebraska hasn't lately, and it, it, we've made it seem like it's very difficult to get to the pinstripe bowl around here. Um, but I, I think if you, if you have the – the right vision and you feel like you have a certain work ethic, um, you can communicate that to a player that, hey, if, if, if this is in place and you join this, uh, you can be part of something special. You can be part of a turnaround of a proud program. And the one thing you don't have to convince the Rialas about is the way you will be received if you are part of that turnaround in a place like this that cares so much about seeing that program get back to what it once was. And so that, I think, is it's, yes, Georgia and USC have different um, um, alluring qualities to their uh, sales job, but I do think one of them for Nebraska can be that, yeah, it hasn't been great around here, but you can be part, a uh, main part of the group that changes that story, and his dad knows full well what it looks like around here when it is great, and um, and how special it can be in a, in a football-centric place like this. BC, uh, let me get you out of here on this. If you're this staff and, and you're looking at what the rest of the Big Ten's doing, do you think they can simultaneously start, a, start at a new school, look at the 2023 season, 
and factor in the conference realignment happening in 2024 in the same vision? That's pretty hard. I mean, I admit it's going to be hard because you don't even know exactly the the quadrant you're lined up with or how they're going to do it in the Big Ten in 24. So I think you just have to have sort of a base foundation established this year of this is how we do things. We're building an identity this season, and it's going to be the kind of thing that travels. It's going to be the kind of thing that can work. Uh, whether you're playing against a certain schedule in 23 or however it shifts in 24 and 25. Um, so I think it's all about getting that base floor kind of uh, settled in this year and believing that you can tweak as you go, but you got to have that foundation first of all. Brian, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much this morning, and we'll talk again next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks, B. That is Brian Christofferson at Husker247BC on Twitter. I kind of think they can do it in one fell swoop. I really do. Like, I don't know, though. Can you, can I put together my – can I start building my program, mm-hmm. turn the roster over, and be ready for 2023 and 2024 on the fly? Doesn't it seem like that's what they're doing, though? They make you feel that way. Is it a feeling or is it reality? That's what I'm tying. Like, it, 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 it would be incredibly difficult, but in one vein, just think about this for a second. You're thinking about beating some new form of the air raid in Wisconsin, which you have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, you think you have a good idea how Minnesota wants to play. Purdue's going to look extremely different. Vastly different. Um you know, Illinois, I, going to look Illinois will look different, right? Iowa potentially could mm-hmm. look different. Now, I know Brian is still there, but you have some new pieces, and you're a year older. And that was arguably probably the worst offensive line that they'll have in the last decade. That defense could even get better than they were. Yeah, which is going to be tough without Van Ness and Campbell. And, I mean, you're losing Moss, which is a stud in the, the secondaries. But it is Iowa, right? So you're like, okay. It could be plug-and-play. And then in the same vein, well, we could be going to this pod system. SC and, and UCLA are coming. We need to recruit. I don't so, – so I say the reason why I think it's, it's hard is because I don't think you can fast-forward to 2024, but you have to be building with long-term vision in mind anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's such a – program and staff and i heard campbell say it again the other day that talks about just winning the day falling in love with the process of the day and leave the big picture stuff to the staff right it's going to be fascinating because it's going to happen quick recruiting for themselves that that's what i think they'll do regardless i don't think they're going to try to recruit for the future and what it could look like whatever it they're is just, that fits they're them. just they're just recruiting for what they want to do at nebraska whether it fits the whole idea of the air raid or what you know usc is bringing in or ucla or whatever whatever we're about to see in 2023 they'll sit back at the end of the day and say we did it our way and I don't want to be like Frank Sinatra when I say that. Uh, but, but I think there is there's a, I think there's there's a hint to, to the truth of that, though. Uh, that, that's Because uh, without divisions, 
per se in a year. I'm a big I'm a big you proponent ju- you, of I just don't you. think you, you just can't get distracted by that. You do you. If you let other factors play into you your do life. You. That's a t shirt. You do yeah. you, boo. If you let other factors play into your life, now you're getting away from everything that you value. And Nebraska values if they had a checklist of five things, they will never take those five things off. They may add to it, but they will never just take like their the values off. The core off. five? Correct. Yeah. I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to watch unfold because you're right dab smack in the 2023 season right now. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. I know, right? It like, is nuts. That's, that's what it, We like talk about a blink of an eye in sports. Yeah, it's here. Off the, off the, right off the start of the You'll show. You'll be starting spring ball in a month. It's Less insane than. to think about. Just two days removed from the Super Bowl. Andy Kendi coming up next. He's the sports director at KETV.